Ready for the work? All right, ready for the work? All right, oh, somebody says, let's say this together, our Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus, receive revelation that is found in Christ alone. There is no confusion. There is no contradictions in this atmosphere. We behold you as we see ourselves in him. Your name alone is glorified and we are edified. Amen. All right, let's start a series this evening, Renewing the Mind. Let's um, approach that subject this evening, Renewing the Mind. Uh, I'm going to be very, very patient. Like, I, I remember I was teaching on something in, earlier this year on um, following God's plan for your life. And I remember I said something in that series that Abraham had to bring to my attention when I was in Indiana one time. And he said, ah, Pastor, you said, you need to renew your mind aggressively. I was like, oh, what track did I say that? So I had to hear it and I said, oh, yeah, that's true. The believer has to learn to renew his mind aggressively. So, because a lot of people keep saying, okay, what does renewing the mind mean? What does renewing the mind mean? But we've never really tried to dive deep into what that subject is all about. So, uh, I'll look, let's, let's have an anchor text, you know. Uh, I didn't have this anchor text before I came to service today, but uh, as I was just talking, I just discovered that there's an anchor text for this. Let's have an anchor text that we'll just be referencing. Romans 12, let's go to Romans 12. Uh, we'll just use that. So we'll take our time. Today we'll use it to build foundation, right? And we'll just, um, we'll just speak up from there as, uh, as time goes on. Look at it in Romans 12 verse 2. Uh, let's start from verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, only acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, what is acceptable, and perfect will of God. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we said we're studying renewing the mind. And one thing you must understand is that accurate Bible interpretation is core in Christian doctrine. Um, a Christian or a preacher or a pastor must learn to interpret the scriptures precisely, like accurately, because the fates of men are hinged on what he says. Let me tell you, um, doctrines today, uh, I, I, was, I was watching something on YouTube, this, 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 someone was giving an interview, and the person said something, I had to leave, I, 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 anytime somebody tried to talk about church, talk about Christianity, uh, I don't pay attention, I just feel like... Um, they, they, they just don't know what they're saying. So I just, I just don't pay attention. Or when you're trying to bash churches or when you're trying to bash pastors, I'm a pastor. I, I, can't, I can't be listening to those things. So, but I just picked something before I turn off the thing. And the person said, I, uh, something about um, I lost my marriage because of, because of religion. As I, and I felt that's, that's the height of stupidity. Why would you say you lost your marriage because you are a Christian? What does that mean? So I just I didn't bother to pay attention to whatever the person had to say again because that statement already threw me off. But I, I, I readily sat down and I thought about it and I felt, to be honest, the reason why that kind of person will make that kind of statement is because the person doesn't 
even know the scriptures properly or probably where the person has been to the scriptures were not properly explained to the person so that means accurate bible interpretation is very key is 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 foremost you know we live in a, in a in a world today where a lot of christians just leave scriptures out of context a lot of christians just you know explain the scriptures out of context just like today now which is first of august now a lot of christians are already making it august a month of new beginnings where exactly did they get the numerical figure in the scriptures where it says number eight is new beginnings where exactly did that happen I, if i can read my bible correctly i know that there is a seventh day which means rest i be which people have given to be rest or perfection and people don't even understand that if you read the scriptures properly, seven in the scriptures or seven that means rest or Sabbath is simply talking about salvation. Meaning Jesus, how he is the rest. But people thought that, oh, that is, okay, you are entering into your rest, you are entering into your this. Where did the people get that from? So everybody, every, every number has a numerical number. And, and I'm wondering, look at something. In the Bible calendar, the Bible calendar was, they used, the, they used the Jewish calendar, the Hebrew, Near Eastern Hebrew culture calendar, and they used the Greek um, calendar also. We are using the Greco-Roman calendar. How is the month and the times going to be the same? There's a teaching I'm going to teach you when we start studying more in-depth into the Old Testament, and I'm going to walk you through calendars and how we can attribute according to history, the timings and the seasons of where certain events happened in our own today's world. It doesn't match. That's why you will see, even in the scriptures, you will see the 17th month. We don't have 17th month. So why are people not picking up that scriptures and using it for their own? So, but they stop at 12 because we have 12. We didn't use the same calendar. You and Jesus did not use the same calendar. You and Moses did not use the same calendar. It's not, it, it, so we want to study the scriptures. We must be able to bring it to our world. How is it applicable to our world? So Bible interpretation is very key. Explaining the scriptures. And that is why a lot of people have messed up in their faith. They are messed up in their faith. Bible interpretation is key. So that means... The practice is non-negotiable in feeding Christ's flock. You, so you, a Christian must be well fed because this because a text of scriptures, a text of scripture can never mean today what it never meant as at the time it was written. So that means if I pick Genesis 1 and I say in the beginning God created the heaven and earth, and I read it in 2027 or 2051 or 2000. Whatever Moses intended that scripture to mean, it must still mean the same. Am I making sense to somebody here? That is how to study the scriptures. That is how to study the Bible. Okay, it's like saying you write a letter or you write a text message, right? I remember, was it after Mission is Possible? We played, some, some of you workers, we played a game. I brought uh, this um, investigation crime scene game. Right, and I and I brought it to you guys to look for the murderer, and we were looking at the text messages and looking at how who killed 
Uh, who was that person in the game who killed Suzuzo? I forgot the name of the person. And we're, and we're trying to solve a murder situation, right? Who killed uh, Chloe White? I mean, is it Chloe? Is it Chloe Witu? <laughs> uh, so it's, it, was, it was a very interesting game. We're looking at it. And we're looking at text message, right? And we're looking at. And do you know that? You and I were reading the text messages in out of context. Till we found the killer, we now went back and read the text message, and the text messages make sense. We're not like, oh, what's the missing link? So it's like saying, I'm writing a letter now. Let's say I'm writing a letter to Chiamaka here now. And I say, hey, Chiamaka, um, remember what we said the last time. I'm going to eat your food today. Now, look at that. Imagine that's what you read and you took it out of context. Now, the first question would be, what did we say? last time that should be anybody who is very intelligent should ask those questions right what did he say the last time so from that what did he say the last time you will start figuring out why the food is coming in play how you get to what i'm saying there must be context so now when moses started the scriptures in genesis 1 and he said in the beginning god created heaven and earth we need to understand what was he saying. Was he talking figuratively? Was he talking about there was a day the heaven and earth is formed? We're going to study it, not, not in this series. We're going to study it. We're going to, we, we, we have to study it. Because the scriptures will never mean today what it never meant as at the time it was written. So if you want to use a scripture, and leave it out of context. That's why I, I don't really subscribe to that theory that people say, when you're going through a problem, hold one scripture and use the one scripture to be fighting your battles. What does that mean? What if that scripture you are lifting out is lifting out of context? Because the scriptures wasn't written in chapters and verses. It was just about 500, 800 years ago. It was added. Yeah. He, so imagine when you're, okay, imagine the letter of Paul. To the Roman church, right? Now, when they say a letter, do, are you, when you write a letter, do you break it down into verse 1? Verse I, Paul, verse I, you know? This, 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 they, they did that. Now, those guys came together to put those limitations. I call it limitations. Now, they, they put those verses, chapters there for, to think that will help us in reading, but they caused a big problem. So now, we have to read the scriptures in the way it was written, in context. So that means a believer must be properly careful, must have a carefulness in understanding the scriptures. So because, like I said, the scriptures will never mean today what it never meant as at the time it was written. So that means we need to be diligent, we need to be meticulous and thorough in order to interpret the effects of the scriptures. Now, look at what Jesus told Peter. I'm, I, I will use today to lay a foundation and we would, we would, we would pick it up from here. Look at, in, look at in John 21. Because when we say renewing the mind, a lot of people have so many misconceptions. We need to really understand what does renewing the mind mean. All right, look at John 21. John 21, verse 15 to 17.
John 21, 15 to 17, are you there? It says, and when he had dined, and when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my lambs. And in verse 16, he said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And he says, Feed my sheep. Look at the verse 17. And he said unto him, The third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me, Peter? Lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him, ah, The third time, Lovest thou me? And he said, Thou knowest all things that thou knowest that I love thee. And he says, Feed my sheep. Now, what did he say? So he says, He should feed the sheep. Now, it is repeated. Do you notice the kind of emphasis Jesus used in this text? The repetitiveness of those texts. So he's asking him the same question. So that means a true preacher who loves the sheep will feed these people. That means the big question we should ask is, if you love the people of God, will you feed them? That's the question. Because he was handing the responsibility to Peter here. So, the writer wants us to pay attention to the intended words. Now, he used the word feed. That word feed is from the Greek word bosko. B-O-S-K-O. Bosko. B-O-S-K-O. And it's, it's changed of meaning and it includes to gaze. It describes the, works of an, the work of an headsman. That is somebody who has the responsibility to nurture, to provide pasture for the flock. Somebody who has the responsibility to nurture and provide pasture for the flock. Now, why, why did Jesus use the word flock, feed my sheep, lamb? We're going to look at that. And the word feed is the word poimano, P-O-I-M-A-N-O, P-O-I-M-A-N-O, P-O-I-M-A-N-O in the Greek. Now, why are we using the Greek? Now, it's like saying, I'm using, I, I refer back to the Greek a lot because the usage of the words will not be clearly explained without going back to the originals because it's translations. This was from the Greek to the Italy, or uh, to the Italian people, to the English. A lot of translations and, and the words has been watered down. I, you, I have a series in Bible Hymnotics, you can listen to it. I, I explained most of these things there. So a lot of the words has been watered down such that we might not really understand the context of what the writer is really saying. So many other times, we we'll go back to the originals to check what is really saying. So that word poimano, it implies, to, which means to thend, to nurture, and to care for the flock. To care for the flock. So that means he outlines, Jesus was outlining a responsibility that Peter should discharge in feeding the flock. So that means a Christian or a preacher, let me use the word preacher, let me use the word Christian now. A preacher must have this same responsibility. Look at it, 1 Peter 5, 2 verse 4. 1 Peter 5, 2 verse 4. 1 Peter, now this is Peter again, now because he's the one writing this. Look at 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter 5, 2 verse 4. 1 Peter 2, verse 4. He says, feed the flock which the Lord has made you overseer. It now says, which is among you, taking oversight, 
He now says, Dear not by constraint but willingly, not of freely looker, but of ready mind. He says, Neither has been lords over God's people. He now says, uh, Over God's people. Neither has been lost over God's heritage, sorry, being examples to the flock. In that sense, and when the sheep shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth it not away. And that's the word feed there was, was there, and it means poimano again. And the phrase, you see a phrase there in the verse 2, it says, Feed the flock among you, which is among you, taking the oversight. The oversight there is from the Greek word episcopo, E-P-I-S-K-O-P-E-O, E-P-I-S-K-O-P-E-O, and it implies superintendent, an overseer. That's the word bishop. So when you see the word bishop there, it's from the word episcopos. So that is, and uh, so that, that is actually where you will see the word poimeno, that word poimeno, poime, that's where we got the word pastor from. Because in the in the pastor now is a more cosmopolitan word on the norm. The word of the, the work of a pastor is simply the work of an S-man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've seen an S-man before. Doing um rearing for the sheaves, right? That's the work of a pastor. That's simply that's simply so it's not a luxurious terms like we have it today. Where say some people call themselves apostle doctor. Apostle, prophet, those things are not luxurious terms. Prophet simply means a mouthpiece. You know, an apostle simply means a servant, an errand boy. You know, evangelist simply means a town crier. You know, somebody, somebody that just goes around and say, instead of the news now, just like goes, you know, there's a bell up, up in the church now, just ring the bell of the church, brethren. Uh, the Lord asked me to give you this information. That's all. But we, in our today's world, you see, apostle, doctor, evangelist, evangelist, bishop. <laughs> they are not luxurious terms. They are just, uh, they are just work for responsibility. And somebody say, oh, wow. So this is the responsibility that comes with pastor. Yeah, it is. You take oversight. You feed the people. How do you feed the people? Through God's word. You feed them God's word. So that means the preacher of the gospel must be careful. So I say, pastor is exposing himself. Yeah, a pastor has to tell you the truth. So, bosco, poimano, it means to exercise oversight over the flock. So that is, the Christian or the believer must understand the scripture. Now, let's look at what Jesus did with them. You know, Jesus is the sheep shepherd of the soul. Jesus is the sheep shepherd. Look at it, verse 5, verse 4. It says, when the sheep shepherd. So Jesus is the sheep shepherd. Jesus is the sheep poemano. Jesus is the sheep pastor. He is the pastor pastor. Jesus is the bishop bishop. So let's look at what he did with his people. Look at it in Luke 4. Luke 24. Let's look at what he did with his people. Luke 24, verse 25. Are you learning something this evening? You know, sound like a minister. Some of you are just looking at me. Some of you are looking at me like I'm a ghost. You know, I'm not a ghost. I, I just, you know, I just appeared. My spirit is talking, you know. My body is somewhere else. All right, look at it. Look to the 4 verse 25. So, 
maybe I'm a raptured now, that service, you know, just... <laughs> uh, maybe by the time I'm done, you just say, do do. <laughs> so I'm looking at me, ah. What's this guy doing here? You know? Jesus said, he comes like a thief in the night. And um, when he comes, no man know it. That's the way I came this evening. <laughs> you know, you know. All right, look at look at the verse twenty-five. He says, and he said, "Oh, full slow of to believe all that the prophet has said." He says, "Oh, full slow of to believe all that the prophet has spoken." Ought not Christ? Look at what he says. He says, "Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory?" Look at what he did in verse twenty-seven. Let's read it together, everybody. And beginning at Moses and the prophet, he expounded unto them the things. So he, he expounded unto them. He taught them the word. Now, this is the sheep shepherd. This is the sheep, the sheep, the, the pastor, pastor, the re-headsman. Expounding unto them in all things. That word expound is the word diamenu in the Greek. It means he was breaking things, dividing it, spending his time teaching it. And now, don't forget, this was after the resurrection. That is why you will find that Jesus spent a number of time in the four gospels doing what? Teaching. If there was a time, he gathered people to the wilderness, three days and three nights, and what was he doing? Teaching. It was at the third day, he said, we don't want to send these men away hungry. And that was when he performed the, uh, the miracle of the five loaves of bread and two fishes. Because he was teaching them for three days and three nights, home believers. So you cannot, as a Christian, grow without the teaching of God's word. You can't. It's not possible. The teaching of God's word must be given first place and priority in your life. And even as a local church. That is why, here in Supernatural Community Church, we spend a number of time teaching. Because that is what the sheep shepherd told us to do. He says, if you love the people, what would you do? You feed the flock. You feed the lambs, right? You feed them. He asked him three times. He says, do you love me? Ah, so that means a pastor who truly loves Jesus was feed the flock. That means a disciple who truly loves Jesus, who truly loves his disciples, will feed his disciples. We feed them God's word. Because that is the only way the believer will grow. Look at how Peter said this in 1 Peter 2.2. 2. Look at how Peter said it in 1 Peter 2.2. 2. 1 Peter 2.2, 2, I'll wait for you. 1 Peter 2, 2. First Peter 2, 2. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere meek of the world, that ye should what? Grow thereby. So that means... A newborn babe. Who is a newborn babe? The guy who just got born again. The guy who just believed the gospel. The guy who just came, you know, who just 
you know, came into the light of the gospel. What does he need? He needs the teaching of the word. So, the word of God is the food. Is the food of the believer. Hear me, Supernatural Community Church. The love of the word of God is your food. The word of God is your food. Remember the temptation of Jesus? When Satan told him to tempt, he said, when Satan told him, he said, uh, thunderstone to bread. What did Jesus say? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how, how we live. We live by the word of God. In Romans 10 or Romans 8, it says, faith come be a hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It says, as newborn babe, desire the sincere make of the word that they may grow thereby. So that means you need the word of God as your food. So when he says, feed the flock, feed the lamb, what is he saying? Teach the people. Teach them God's word. So a Christian cannot function effectively in the atmosphere where the word of God is not put as priority. Should a Christian pray? Yes, he should pray. But how would he learn prayer? I will learn prayer from the teaching of God's word. Should a Christian give? Yeah, he should give. But how will he learn how to give rightly from the teaching of God's word? Should, you see, should a Christian, in fact, even songs have a teaching, what is worldly song? I have the teaching of Christian worship. Psalm seems a spiritual song. What is praise and worship? Because when the worship, when our worship is, when our study of God's word is faulty at some point, it's going to affect our worship of God. So the food, your meal, your diet, your, 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 what you, what you need is the word. You need the word. You need to feed on the word. You need to eat the word. Listen to the word aggressively. Eat the word. He says, feed my lambs. Feed my flock. So when you see them in Acts 2, meeting, he says, the Bible says, they gathered in Acts 2, verse 40. Look at, look at Acts 2. They were fellowshipping with the apostles' doctrine daily. It says daily. So what were they doing daily? They were hitting the word daily. Daily. Look at in verse 46. And they continued daily. Had to 46. Daily in the temple. Breaking of bread and asked to house. In our says, and did eat with singleness. And did eat meat. And gladness and singleness. Praising God. And, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord and the Lord added to the church daily, as should be said, daily. So they were feeding around the world daily. In verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayers. So, they, so that was, that's what they did daily. So when you see them growing spiritually, having tremendous results, you don't blame them. But you see, we live in a time and world where I, I was talking to one of us in Maryland, and the person was telling me, you know, they, they met uh, someone. Uh, let, let me skip the story. <laughs> let, let, me, let me skip the story. You know, we live in a time and world 
where people don't even know what the word of God says. I have a, I have a teaching I, I'm, I, I really want to do. Probably in September or next year, January. Handshape a blessing question. I've been saying this. Handshape a blessing question. I want to talk about trans homosexuality from God's word. Is it right? Is it wrong? Because if you hear the way some people are creating their theories from the scriptures, you are going to be amazed. It's totally wrong. Some people have justified lying and stealing from the word. And that's because they don't know how to interpret the scriptures properly. I used to tell people, if there is anything you are looking for to justify your actions, you'll find it in the scriptures. If you're ever looking for a scripture to kill yourself, you'll find it. You say, ah, no man, the, the life that God given, <laughs> I lay down my life <laughs> and he taketh it. You know, somebody who opened the scripture one day and said, Lord, speak to me. You know, the person opened the scripture and said, Lord, just speak. I'm opening for your word. Then he opened to the scripture and says, and Judah hung himself. He said, no, 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 Lord, you can be speaking. He closed the Bible. <laughs> you know, then he opened to another place. That, which he, that thing which you have said, that is which you have seen, do quickly. Ah, <laughs> he closed it again. <laughs> that can't be you, Lord. <laughs> you know, Judas kid himself. That which you have seen, I said, do quickly. Behold, I comment. You know, he opened the gate and said, and then the next day he said, and behold, I think, I think, no, what's the, the third one? I think he saw the third one, he said, uh, something of something about night, night is the right time or something. Now is the appointed time. Yeah. He opened the phone and said, now is the appointed time. Ha. <laughs> you know, you can't live your life by opening your Bible that way. Some will say, Lord, Lord, oh Lord, I just want you to speak to me today. Get on the word. Just go on SoundCloud. You will speak. <laughs> Get on the pamphlets. Read the Bible. Pick it up from Genesis. You know, somebody told me, somebody was asking me one day, a question one day, and asked me, how do I study the Bible? Before, I used to give a weird answer. And I told the person, I said, how many, how many, how many, how many um, books are in the Bible? They said, ah, sister, something. I said, okay, cool. And I said, if you were to read 67 chapters in your probably your chemistry, your biology um, book or something, or your anatomy, you know. I think that's one of the other tough courses, right? For those of you that did courses that Jesus did not approve. Right? Is that one of your toughest courses? Those of you that did courses that Jesus did not approve. Why are you guys looking at me like... How <laughs> I many of you did anatomy here? Let me see. So those of you that did anatomy, wait, was, was that the toughest one? Physiology is the toughest. Oh wow, I thought anatomy was the toughest. So there's a there's a one that is tougher than physiology. That, that's physiology. Oh wow, you learn every day. That's renewing my mind. Is that what? Pathophysiology. That's the toughest. There's pharmacology, that one too is tough. 
okay. So now I don't even know. So come and teach. <laughs> come and teach. I'm just joking. <laughs> anyway, I told the person, I said, would you start from maybe like book 45 or page 45? If it is 57, you just say maybe like that physiology or pathophysiology or pharmacology or something. So would you start from page 45? I said, ah, no. In fact, when the person shouted, ah, no, I said, exactly. You can't start like that in the scriptures. You pick your Bible from Genesis and you read it through to Revelation. That's how to understand the Bible. They say, hey, but I said, no. That is how to understand. I said, because it is repeating itself. If you read in Matthew 1, if you say, okay, I want to read just the New Testament. If you read Matthew 1, it says in the beginning of the generation of this, and it says this begat this. How would you know who is begatting who? You have to have read Genesis to Revelation to Malachi to know who is begatting who in Matthew 1. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have to have known who is begatting who. When you start reading, and it was written by the prophet, and you have not read the prophet. It says, as it was written the prophet Isaiah in Matthew, and you have not read the Isaiah. How do you want to understand what Isaiah, what Matthew and Isaiah is saying? Are you seeing simple, just simple, simple Bible study principles? But you know, in our world today, a lot of people take the scriptures out of context. They are trying to look for a mystery in the scripture when there is no mystery. <laughs> See, you say the mystery. Now, everybody, I saw on Facebook today, everybody saying, August, month of new beginning. And because rain was falling, it's a month of, see, new beginning is showering, it's, it's, the rain is washing all the dirt. <laughs> the rain is washing all the dirt away and it's making you start afraid. I said, ha ha. They now, they now turned the scriptures and said, okay, you know, like Moses, I washed the floor away the and they started again. Ah. Ah. What has happened to us as Christians? What, what really? <laughs> you know, you see, let me tell you something. If this is what I'll teach you tonight, I'll be okay. The very minute you start mystifying this book, you are going to enter problems. Are you getting what I'm saying? And let me tell you, let me life today is centered on our beliefs. If you get your worship of God wrong from here, your whole life is going to be centered around the wrong thing. That's why you see a lot of people today. Do, you see, how many of you have met Christians today who probably don't dress a certain way uh, oh no, let me, oh no, let me, let me not use dressing now. Who probably, you know, uh, do certain, oh, let's just use pork for instance. What if I met Christians who don't eat pork? I told you, the Bible says you should not eat unclean things. <laughs> See, <laughs> who, no, the question should be, who defined that pork is unclean. Do you know where we got it from? Because we just thought that pigs are dirty, they are unclean. That's all. Then they now brought the scriptures, you know, 
brought the old covenant, mixed it up together, said, oh, ah, ah. And pork is very sweet. <laughs> so I said, really? Don't you eat, uh, uh, which pizza is that? Is it pepperoni? Sausage or pepperoni? It's sweet. Don't you know? Ah, oh, okay, sorry. We live in America today. Everybody has various opinions. So say, Pastor, just focus on your Bible right now and just leave what is unclean as unclean. <laughs> okay. So so we we have the we, we have the veg in our world today, right? Where we have to look at the scripture in context. Does that make sense? So and that's the work of the church. That's the responsibility of the local church. Looking at the scriptures in context. Alright, look at John 3. Let's let's see. Let's use a couple of minutes. I don't intend to waste time this evening. Um, let's look at a couple of scriptures and we'll just lay a foundation and we'll go. Blessed. Alright, look at it, John 3. We're looking at renewing the mind, right? Renewing the mind. John 3, verse 5. John 3, verse 5. It says, Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Oh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is what? Is Spirit. Now, look at the question. The question that arises here is, what is the flesh and what is the spirit? That's the big question. Because it says, what is, what is born of the flesh is the flesh, and what is born of the spirit is the spirit. Now, let's look at, remember I told us, if you want to study the scriptures, you go back to, the other summer, right? You go back to the before. You go back to the beginning, right? You go back to different places, right? Let's go to Ezekiel. Because you have to go back. So one thing about the scripture, to understand the scripture, is you have to keep going back. Going back. Going back. So let's say you are in Matthew. You don't understand Matthew. Go back. You are in Mark. You don't understand Mark. Go back. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is exactly how it is. That is why the scholars of scripture knew what they were doing when they put Revelation as the end. Because that book has confused a lot of people. If you have just learned to go back, you won't be looking for a mystery antichrist, the world that is coming to an end, one CCC's death. You won't be looking for all those things. The Bible, see, when it says the perfect love casted out of fear, so the Bible will not give you a book that will put you to fear. I don't understand. So you'll have to read this book and be shaky. It's a vision. John was simply seeing a vision. A vision has to be interpreted. That's all. You don't fake a vision, hook, line, and sinker. Just the same way Peter saw a vision in that thing. He says, arise, kill, and eat. Why did he not wake up in the next morning and wake up and start killing and eating? And the meaning of the vision is that the gospel will reach the Gentiles. So that means a vision is not vivid. A vision is not as direct as it ought to be. It has to be explained. See, a lot of people are looking for dragon, a four-footed beast, how the Antichrist is going to come? Antichrist is simply a doctrine. Antichrist is around. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to do a teaching probably next year. 
the truth about Antichrist. Anticipate for you. Antichrist simply means a teaching. Any teaching that contradicts the teaching of Christ, that's an Antichrist. So the Antichrist is in churches today, moving to and fro. Antichrist is not a person. Say, say, some people say it's uh, 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 Osama Bin Laden. Some say it's Osama Hussein. Some people say uh, uh, Obama. So they're giving it different tags. Uh, so they'll count the name, you know, six, you know, everything. Because Obama signed the transgender, so he's the one. Osama Bin Laden, they saw his... They saw his weakness as the one. Ah, Osama Biladi, because of the trade uh, 9-11, said, so, ah, is the one. So who is not the if I, it's not just that one, it's that it started from Adolf Hitler. They started counting it down from there. <laughs> no, no. 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 Hallelujah. No. That's not what the Bible is all about. So stop going to the Bible to say this. There is no, there is no, some, some, so I remember when I was very younger, some people said, have you heard one theory then when you were younger? They said, if you do not believe the gospel now, uh, when Jesus comes, there will be another remedy. You will pay with your own blood. I don't know if you heard those stupid theories. They say, you will pay with your own blood. That means, uh, if, so when the Antichrist is chasing everybody and he's forcing people to cause the mark of the beast, CCCs and all of those things, that's a, if you try, if you try and fight and say you don't want it, as you try, you they kill you, they cut your eyes, they cut your body, so you now enter heaven with maybe parchments of your body. Then Jesus will now restore you back. Uh, me, I told myself. I remember then I just told myself, I don't need to be born again. I would rather go and fight. <laughs> I like that. You know when you watch so many action movies and so many others, you say, I, I prefer to fight. <laughs> It was when they list all the criteria to make heaven, you just feel like, oh boy, I just no oh, no nah, nah, this 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 isn't my calling. I I just want, I let me fight the devil myself. I mean, he has tormented the world so much. <laughs> ah no no, those those are those are myth. Hallelujah, those are those stories are not true. If you don't believe the gospel, you perish. That's all. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. You don't believe the gospel, you die today, that's all. You perish. You are not existing again. You are not even waking up again. That you are trying to come and fight. Jesus is not coming. He says he's coming for a church without spot, without wrinkle. So by the time he's coming back, the whole earth will have been filled with his glory. It's not because there's nobody that, by the time he's coming, there is nobody that is going to be alive that is still a sinner. The whole earth would have been filled with his glory. So how the Antichrist meets, you know, different... Oh, Antichrist is a teaching, is a doctrine. And the doctrine exists today in churches. Any, any church you go to, any preaching you hear today, they don't point your attention on... You know, there's some people that worship celestial beings. Some people, just, there's some people, I see them on Facebook. I, I was trying to block one one time. I don't know, maybe it's the celestial being that trying not to make me block it. says, today is the something, the holy seraphim of the heavenly Zerubbabel. I was like, ah, what's this? How have you come across those stupid people before? What's this? That's an antichrist. Taking your heart away from Christ. That's simply what is called antichrist. And a believer cannot grow with those kind of teaching. 
You can't, if all you are hearing every day is the power from your father's house, disrupting your life, killing your destiny, oh, 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 powers. You know, they say, you want to pray, say, oh, powers, what are you waiting for? Release me now, release me now, release me now. And that's where you are, you can never, go. you know that, that thing Jesus told Peter, you can never be fed. You <laughs> rather they are the one feeding they are feeding off you. I remember some years ago, Favor, I won't say me, Favor went to a church where they flogged the enemy. They told them to bring Beth and Cain and they were flogging their enemies. And they told them to bring Broom and Packer to also pack the enemies. You can't grow in that kind of place. You you can't you can't be well fed. Hallelujah. You can't be well fed. Or you go to a place where a Sunday service is motivation. This is a acquire to Isaiah, the desire to refire and to refire and to retire and then go to a fire. It's that, imagine that's all you hear. You know, there's, a, there's something they say punchlines. You just go to a service where they just give you punchlines. They'll be giving description and tell you from the water to the cup, from the cup to the spirit, from the ah, you know, ah, ah. You're just like, wow. you just be so wild by the grammar that you can't take notes. Oh, look like this. Like, wow. Oh, Lord Jesus. You can't grow there. Wherever the word of God is not properly thought, the believers cannot grow. Are you getting what I'm saying? They cannot be fed properly. Imagine every Sunday, you, you come to church or like a midweek service like this. It's a every service is a deliverance service, freedom service. There's just a covenant. There's just a covenant service, covenant day of prosperity, covenant day of long life, covenant day of settlement, covenant day of marriage, marital settlement. You know, some of you need that. Covenant day of, <laughs> covenant, day of uh, covenant day of so many things, and you expect to grow there. Where exactly will they bring the scripture from? You know, some, some, some of you should be wondering. Imagine you are in Paul's church or Jesus' church and Jesus was teaching keys to financial prosperity. You know, you know we that teach, I want to, not me though, <laughs> people that teach those things don't even have the money on, like those that really have the prosperity. That's the thing that pains me the most. If there's somebody that should be teaching us kids to financial prosperity, it should be Elon Musk. He just woke up one money, changed Twitter to Hex, and we, there's nothing the world can do. We moved on. Jeff Bezos, uh, Max Zuckerberg just woke up one morning and just said they shred. And 30 million people signed up. Do you know how much that is? For 30 million people to sign up one day? The net, almost 17 hours, he just said 70 million sign-ups. Wow. You know, the meaning of the why is money. You, you are just reading the wow, but that's money. Those are the people that should be teaching you financial prosperity. Not financial prosperity from the scriptures. Jesus was not rich. He was a carpenter. So he could not have taught financial prosperity. See, he became poor for your sake to be rich. Ah. <laughs> Are you get what I'm saying? That was why he had somebody like Joseph the Aramatia at his side, as a disciple. Smart Jesus. 
Nicodemus was sneaking in at night, teaching the rich guys. He knew what he was doing. See, private lessons, summer classes. <laughs> you know. So you come to church, you learn keys. There's no keys of prosperity in this book. There's no keys. In this instance's book, the only thing is to know Christ and to live properly. So you want to use Solomon. Do you know Solomon's own? Solomon, after he tasted the money, he said, vanity. <laughs> you can't be rich up to Solomon. And Solomon that tasted the money told you it is vanity. You know, you don't try it. Don't attempt it. He said, remember the Lord in the days of your youth. In Proverbs, he said, my son, be wise. He, he was, you know, he has tasted money. Such that the money made him run mad. He started worshipping straight idols. Oh, you can't learn. There are so many things that people teach today. Okay, did Jesus do deliverance classes for people? Imagine Jesus say, who you powers from? What did he do? Did you imagine Jesus doing that. How would the disciples grow? Are you getting what I'm saying? Let's get back into the world. All right, look at him. We said we're Hezekiah 36, right? Yeah. Let's go to Hezekiah 36. We're looking at renewing the mind. We're still laying foundation. We've been liking my foundation so far. I'm trying to lay foundation. You will see by the time I'm done with my building, you'll see where I laid this foundation. All right, look at Hezekiah 36, verse 25. Let's we want to read properly. I'm reading from 25 to 33. I want you to follow me carefully. It says, Then I will sprinkle with clean water upon you. Don't forget we are coming from John 3, right? It says, I will, scrip, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from, your, from all your filthiness, and from your idols will I cleanse you. And I says, I will give you a new spirit, and I will take away a stony heart, I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you an heart of flesh. So that means, don't forget it says that who that is born of the flesh is flesh, right? John 3. Okay. And that says, I will put my spirit within you. And I will cause you to walk in my status. And I will say, and ye shall keep my judgment and ye shall do that. And ye shall dwell in the land. It says, ye shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. And ye shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will save you from all your uncleanness. And I will call for the corn, and will increase it. And no famine, and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree, the increase of thy feet. And ye shall receive no reproach or famine among the infant. And says, and shall ye remember your own evil ways, and the doings which were not good, and shall loathe yourself in your own self, in your iniquities and your abominations, not for your sakes, do I do this? Say the Lord God, be it known unto you, and be ashamed and confounded in your own ways, O Lord of Israel. And that says in verse 33, Thus saith God, in they which I have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the waste shall be builded, shall be built or builded. So from that introduction, you must understand that you must understand that Ezekiel was using natural elements used for outwardly cleansing 
utensils, elements in the temple, to refer to the cleansing and the renewing work of the Spirit of God in the heart of man. So Ezekiel used things that were used to cleanse. It's like saying, it's like saying, uh, what I will use to clean my microphone, what I will use to clean um, the church, mop, and all of those things. And I'm using it to explain what God would do in the heart of man. Are you seeing what he was doing there? So he was explaining that. So that is why he employed the term water. So, and the third water is prophetically used to teach cleansing of sins. So, that is why you will see the use of water in scriptures. I taught you in supernatural life. I said the use of water in scripture is quite figurative. It's a synonymous of the spirit. So, he used the word water and it's used to teach cleansing of sins. Using Israel as the recipient. So now, what was the prophet talking about here? He was talking about sprinkling clean water to cleanse Israel from their filthiness of their idols. So he was talking about how water will cleanse them from the filthiness of their idols. So that's why, if you go back to that um, verse 24, verse 23, or let's start from verse 25, or if you start from verse 23 or 22 or 21, if you read the entire chapter anyway, you will understand what it was talking about. You see in verse 23, it says, I will sanctify the great name, and which was profaned among the heathen. It now says, which does profaned in the midst of them, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord. Who are the heathens? The idol worshippers. It now says in verse 24, I will take you among the heathen. It now says, I gather you out of the country and bring you to my own land. What did it not say in verse 25? It now says, I will sprinkle clean water. Hallelujah. He says, I will sprinkle. So, and this is, now, remember, if we are reading Ezekiel now, do you know we, are, we ought to also go back? To also understand this, we will go back, right? Remember I tell you, you always go back. So now, if you are to see something, where would you go back to? I want to ask you a question. With all your knowledge of Bible study, let's do a class, let's do test. Let's do quiz, class quiz. Church quiz. If you are to go back now in Ezekiel, you know, you will go back to later writers now, right? Where would you go to from this test? Cleansing. Eh? Exodus. Okay, what we are in Exodus. Don't forget, they, they were cleansed when they came out from Egypt. Hallelujah. So, you, so that means if you have not read that Egypt story, you can't understand what Ezekiel is saying. Are you seeing how to read the scripture in context? They were so let me, tell you, let me tell you how the scriptures were written. Let me tell you. Moses is the foundational writer. Right? He wrote the first five books. Now, how did Moses get what he was writing? He got it through all traditions. So now, let me explain to you properly. It's like saying... I pick the story. It's like, I'm an history student. I'm, I'm a politics history student. Now, it's like saying, if I want to write something, I'm picking Christopher Columbus' story. How he discovered America in the 16th, right? And I'm placing it to the slave trade, to everything, and I use it to write and teach my people, right? Now, what did Moses do? Moses was schooled by the Egyptians. So he picked the stories in the culture, 
and he saw God in it. And he used the story to teach his people. That is why you will find out across religions, you will find Joseph's story across all religions. You will find Moses' story across all religions. That is why it seems like the Old Testament, a whole lot of religions can agree with us. But where we defy is the New Testament, Jesus. Paul, the writers. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they picked those stories to explain to their world. So now, what did other writers do? Like Joshua, you know? After, jo- after the autonomy is Joshua, right? Why, what did somebody like Joshua do? Joshua has learned from Moses to teach his own audience. That was how they kept going. So they kept picking from other writers, interpreting it to their own world. What am I doing today as a preacher? I am now using the 66 books to interpret to my world. Same way Jesus did it. Remember I showed you Luke 24, right? It says, beginning from Moses, the prophets, and all, he began to expand to them the scriptures concerning himself. So Jesus did not speak out of a revelation. That's why he says, and lo, I came in the volume of the books. What is the books? The whole Testament. So what did he use to teach his people? The whole Testament. The scriptures. Are you, see, are you following me, guys? So he used the scriptures to explain to the audience. So that's why you can't lift the scriptures out of context. It's not possible. We are only expounding it. There is no new revelation. There is no, there is no new revelation anywhere. A revelation that can't be found in Christ's word, it can't be, it can't be the scripture. It can't be of God. Are you meaning for following me to this point? Let me see your hand. That is simply how to study the scriptures. The scriptures is clearly written, clearly defined. It's so clear. So if you understand what happened, the figurative expression of what happened in, in Red Sea, and how they were delivered from the oppression in bondage, you will see the work of salvation. It says it will sprinkle clean water upon them. So now let's go back to John 3. Let's go back to John 3. It will make sense to you now. Let's go back to John 3. How many of you are enjoying this this evening? How many of you are enjoying this? All right. You have to because this is our food. <laughs> this is our food. We are eating. How many of you are seeing that you are eating? Huh? You eating. You eating good. Are you eating good this evening? Yes, sir. So when you come to church, you come to eat. So, so it's like saying we have, so anytime we have a service, you say it's eating service. Huh? Right? Can we say that? Instead of, instead of midweek service, I would say eating service. You know, if we do that today in our world, people will say, we will say what are these people doing? <laughs> What's called eating service? But you know, that's, we are eating We are eating, right? I'm feeding you, right? Ah, are you eating good? Or are you tired of, you know, are you full? You can't be full. In this time of food, <laughs> in this food, you can't be full. <laughs> it's your other food you can be full, but this one, you can't be full. Because even, even when Jesus comes, we still be eating. This is the real food. So when he says, I'm the bread of life, he that heated me. Are you seeing it? <laughs> All right, look at John 3. Let's see verse 3. It says, very, And Jesus said unto him, He said, Verily, verily, I said unto thee, Except the man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus asked him and said, 
How can a man be born when he's old? Shall he enter into his mother's womb? You know, that's a very good question. Ha! Would you want to enter into your mother's womb? Say, be born again. You know, I think we need to explain this to born again thing very well. Say, should I enter my mother's womb? I'm born again. Say, I'm born again. I'm born again. So look, look at who says, Shall he enter into his mother's womb and be born? Look at what Jesus said. Look at what he said in verse 5. Look at how he responded. He says, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water. So now, if you don't understand water, you'll be thinking it's baptism. <laughs> if you have not read water from Genesis, you'll be thinking what? He's saying baptism. And that's what has caused. I have a teaching on baptism, you should listen to it. That's what has caused a lot of people. Doing, putting what, what, what does that mean? So you put water and call it. It's a sign that. What's that? What's the sign? Is it not your spirit that is being washed? Don't, if, when I bath at home, is it not baptism? All, all that, all that, all that just needs is just because, it's just that it's a shower. But I can actually put, I, should, I can actually close my zinc and make the, make my, bathtub, water, full, and I just be baptized. <laughs> Am I against baptism? No, I'm not against it. It's your choice. Everybody to their own choice. But even Jesus, even John the, John the Baptist that was the baptizer said, I baptize you with water, but there is somebody who is coming after me who will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire? So why did we now choose his own ministry and not choose the one that is coming after him? I've been baptized before. <laughs> so I'm not against it. Don't think I'm against it. I use everybody to their own conviction. I was baptized in a river, a very dirty river. You don't want to know. Or that road river. Ah! That day, I was doing the name of the Father, so God helped me. Because we don't know whether there's snakes, there's scorpions inside the water. We just went to the... The, the pastor just went there and just said, in Jesus' name. All right. We kept going back. We told our class captain, you go first. Be a good leader. And what was very easy. Jesus' name. Ha! I will forget that day. Never, never. Uh, but I mean, I mean, I mean. Whew. so he says, he said the man be born again, right? Says, and he says, either is born of the water, right? And of the spirit cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So we've looked at Ezekiel, right? What water does, it cleanses people, right? It's a figurative expression, right? So is that, does that mean that we will be doing what about, that's not what he's talking about here. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. So that word born again is from the word Greek word genao anothin. Anothin simply means from above. Look at in verse 31. It that cometh from above is above all. That's the word born again. Born of the spirit. So Jesus' response was that if a man be born of the spirit. So he came to ask Jesus. Okay, how do I be born of the Spirit? So I recall we said something that, it's because don't forget, what, what did Jesus say? He says, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit. 
And don't forget that Ezekiel's use of water was concerning cleansing, right? Renewing the work of the Spirit, right? We looked at it, right? Or do you want us to look at it again? We looked at that. It was concerning cleansing, renewing the work of the Spirit of God in the hearts of man, in salvation. And don't forget I said, a text of scripture can never mean today what it never meant as at the time it was written, right? So now, if you were in Nicodemus, you would have asked another question, right? And said, ah, born of the water. But Nicodemus knew. Don't forget he was a Pharisee. He knew what Jesus was talking about. When Jesus broke it down. Pharisees are students of the law. Men who have read the scriptures. So you remember Jesus said born again. He has not seen that term in the scriptures. Remember? He has not seen that word born again. But when Jesus said no. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. Oh! It's going to spark a light. Oh, now I know it. Because look at what he said in verse 9. Look at Nicodemus' response in verse 9. He says, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus said, Thou art, and Jesus answered and said, Thou art the master of Israel, and thou knowest all things. He knew, he, he, he was already understanding what Jesus was saying. So that means words are meaning. Pay a close, it has a good, it pays a lot of, we need to pay close attention to words to, and the meanings in the scriptures. It's just like when you see the word heavens, you need to pay attention to it. Light, remember I taught you earlier in January, let there be light. And I told you the word light in scripture doesn't mean physical light. You've got to pay attention to it. What does it mean? Because there's a Bible word for things. And we, we can't lose those meanings in our 2023 world. That is exactly what has happened with a whole lot of people springing up with new doctrine or new things. Because they've, they've made a mess of the words and the meanings of scriptures. So as I begin to gradually put today to a close, and we'll pick it up from here next week, Let's look at, so we said spirit, right? And we're looking at renewing the mind, right? And we look at the word spirit, be born of the water. It says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And don't forget, I told you, I've once told you, I said, the emphasis of that text is the spirit, right? Not the water. So that means, look at Ephesians 5 verse 26. Look at Ephesians 5 verse 26. Look at Ephesians 5 verse 26. Let's look at what Paul said, Ephesians 5.26. Ephesians 5.26. Look at what it says. It says that he, he might sanctify and cleanse it, it says, by the washing of the water, right? And what? By the word. So that means if you have not gotten that water now. And don't forget, water has been since Genesis. So that means if you have not, if you have not known what water means, you're going to have a problem. Where would you see water? He divided the waters from the waters. 
Genesis, if you did not understand that part, you're going to have a problem when you are reading Ephesians. Are you, are you sitting down to study the scriptures? That is how to study. So, look at in Titus 3 verse 5. Titus 3 verse 5. Titus 3 verse 5. Titus 3 verse 5. It says, not of works, which was done, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. He says, by the washing, right? See, washing, I would require water now. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So, it follows us to understand that, it behoves us to understand, sorry, that being born again or being born of the water is being born of the Spirit. And that was Jesus' emphasis. So that is, a believer must be born of the Spirit. So that means, look at in Romans 8 verse 8. I'm gradually closing. Romans 8 verse 8. What did we call this first? Renewing the mind, right? Look at Romans 8 verse 8. It says, So they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not what? In the flesh. But where are you? In the spirit. He so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. He now says, Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of these. So the believer today can walk in the Spirit. The believer today can walk in the Spirit because he is not in the flesh. Don't forget, we said the man has been born again, right? Born of the Spirit, born of water, right? Born of water means he's been washed, he's been cleansed, right? He's been renewed, right? By the regeneration of the Holy Ghost, right? Right, guys? So... Now, you are seeing your state as a man born again. And we say born again, born from above, right? So that means you are not born from the earth. That means the very minute you receive the life of Christ, you have changed status. You are now born of the Spirit. You are born of something superordinary. Born of something not of this world. Are you following what I'm saying? So the believer at salvation is born of the Spirit and is now indwelt by the Spirit in salvation. That is why you will see Galatians 5.25 will tell you, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You know, you can't walk in a nature that is not yours. Galatians 5.16, this then I say, Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Are you seeing it? Are, are you seeing it, guys? No. So the believer at the point of salvation. So that means, I don't know if you're following me to this point. The very minute you receive the gospel, 
at the point of salvation, you were what? Born what? Of the Spirit. Born from above, right? Washed, right? Washed by water. This doesn't mean physical water, right? But you were cleansed, right? You were regenerated, right? Now, let's go back to that prophecy. Ezekiel 36. Let's go back there. It's going to make sense. Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36. How many of you are enjoying this? Ezekiel 36. Look at it. Don't forget, this was a prophecy. Uh, you can see verse 3. It says, Thus said the Lord. It's a prophecy. As touching what God would do, right, for the man who is born again. And he has, so the man who has been, don't forget, what's the background of this Ezekiel story? They were idol worshippers, right? They were, or let's go back to Egypt, right? They were coming from bondage, right? They were coming from slavery. They were coming from oppression, right? And they crossed through the Red Sea. Can we say the water, right? And they went into the promised land, right? They went into the new land, right? And don't forget, in the new land, they were still asking, they were still telling Moses and saying, Moses, like what happened to us in Egypt? Remember? All right. Now, these guys are in that same position again. They were heathen, idol worshiper. These guys in, um, in Ezekiel, that is Ezekiel's audience, they were having the same problem, right? You know, and do you know that the scriptures today, we will always find semblance of the same narrative because it's still the same problem we are facing. Why? A man who is born again today is still going to face the same problem. It's just like if you migrate from a place to another place, let's say you leave Rochester now and you go to Buffalo, New York, or Mahathing, you're going to have to adjust, right? Adjust to parking space, <laughs> adjust to high price, then you will start saying, in Rochester, where I came from. Are you seeing it? So life like that is not happening, right? Now, the same thing happens. The same thing happens in salvation. The believer still sees himself as someone who has not been saved. That is what we want to study in this series. Hallelujah. Look, so he says, don't forget, these guys were hating. They were idol worshippers, right? They were, they were bad guys. Let's use that word. And what did Jesus say? Let, let's start from 22. Let's start from 22. Ezekiel 36. He says, therefore say the house of Israel. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, thus say the Lord God, I do not, I do not this for thy sakes, whole house of Israel, but for my holy sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither he went. And I will sanctify my great name, which thou hast profaned among the heathen. Heathen simply means idol worshippers or clean people. You know, it says, and which thou hast profaned, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the God which shall sanctify you before thy eyes. Look what he says in verse 24. He says, I will take you among them. Right? Can we say salvation? Can that be the same thing that happened with those in Egypt? He took them away, right? I will take you among them and gather you out of all the countries and bring you to my own land. Promised land, we show up again, right? I told you to always read back. Promised land, we show up again. Which other narrative will show up? Let me, stay, let me see, let me see, let me see. Can you think of any? Can you, we can think again. Before this one. Joshua narrative will show up. 
Joshua narrative will show. Which other one? Oh, work. <laughs> oh, work. Huh? No. Oh, work. Oh, work. I will take you, I will ask you this way. I will take you among the heathen and gather you out of the country and bring you out to my own land. Can we say it took us, so when Paul was telling us in Colossians 1.13, being delivered from the kingdom of darkness, he has translated us into the kingdom of his own son. Can we say that's the same thing that is happening? Can we say taking us, right? So we've left somewhere when we got saved, right? Can we say we left the flesh and we are now in the spirit? Can we say we left the ethan? We are now in the spirit. Can we say we left Egypt? We are now in the promised land. Does it make sense? Are you seeing how to read the scriptures? That is how to read the scripture. So now, now that you are in this land, what did he say he would do to them? In verse 25. He says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. Is that figure, is that literal? Mm -mm. It's not literal. That's figurative. And I will clean you from all your filthiness. Salvation. The washing that Paul talked about and Titus, right? Right, guys? He says, I will clean you from all your filthiness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. So why? Because you have been saved, right? In that sense, a new heart will I give you. Have you received the new heart? As the prophecy come to pass today. So that's why the believer can say he has the Holy Ghost, right? So he says, I will give you a new heart. He now says, and a new spirit. Why? I will put within you, and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh. Are you seeing it? He says, he will take it out away. And what will he do? He says, I will give you heart of flesh. Hallelujah. Praise God. He now says in verse 27, I will put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk, right? Within, I will cause you to walk with my status, and ye shall keep my judgments, and what will you do? And you shall do them. And you shall dwell in the land. Now, let's go back to Romans 8. Put your hands there. Go back to Romans 8. Let me show you something. So, are you seeing where we've left? Are you seeing our journey? Are you seeing that the Bible is very progressive, right? You need to really understand it. So, it's a journey. It's a journey narrative. That's why you see they kept going from somewhere to another. The true destination of a man is in Christ. That's why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Any mother who comes to the Father, come by, by me. He says, so when you come to Christ, you have entered the promised land. Hallelujah. The very minute a man goes born again, he's saved. He's already in that promised land. That land that is taking them 40 years to get to, you got there by believing the gospel. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Christ came to cut corners. <laughs> Christ came to cut corners for us. The more you see, the more you study, the more you understand why he came to die. It, it, that, that thing doesn't seem to be emphasized a lot. Why he came to die? Why, why do you think God became a man for something? That, that, should, that, should, that should cause us to study. That should cause us to be curious. Look at the Romans 8. Look at Romans 8. Let's see from verse 14. Hallelujah. It says, For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of... Look, so now put, go back to... Go back to verse 27. Ezekiel 36, 27. I will put my Spirit within them 
I'll cause them to walk in my status, and you shall keep my what? Judgment and do them. Is that the same thing in Romans 8 verse 14? That's the same thing. Hallelujah. As many as led by the Spirit of God, they are called the sons of God. So that means if a believer does not renew his or her mind, he is going to keep living in the flesh. He is going to keep living like he is in Egypt, right? Just like how they were complaining. One of the things we're going to study in this place, play for miracles, is how to renew your mind in the new direction you are in. Or let me say, in the new life you've received. And this cut across all areas. I mean, all areas. I mean, all areas. Because the children of Israel, in the wilderness, they kept complaining and asking, and saying, Moses, have you brought us here to perish? They kept asking questions and they wondered, do you know, they at some point, they murmured to the point that they said, Moses, take us back to where we came. Ah, that's crazy. They murmured. They kept, do you know the reasons of the, of the law? Of the commandment that Moses gave them, tell them, don't do this, don't do that. Because he knew his people. He knew his people. He tell them, don't build a house like this, dress this way. Because he knew that the people will go and live like they were still in Egypt in the promised land. So he gave them those laws to guide them. So that's why when Joshua will write, he says, this book of the law will not depart out of their mouth. So you will consistently feed on the word all the time. If not, a believer who is not feeding on the word consistently <laughs> will live. He will be Christian, you know? he will be a Christian, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. But he will keep living like he's in Egypt. He keep living like he is in darkness. Hallelujah. You know, if you go to Mahatin now, Times Square, you're living, let's just say you're living in Mahatin. You know, you're not going to be living like you're in Rochester. You're going to be praying for parking space. <laughs> your, your bills will be high. Cost of living will be expensive. But do you know what people say in those type places? They say, it's not like that in Rochester that I came from. It's not like that in Rochester that I came from. It's not like that in Rochester that I came from. And that has held a whole lot of people back. <laughs> so we've got to renew our mind. And this has to be in all areas of our lives. So we, we, this builds us to study, right? This is, how, this is what we're going to study all through our midweek service. We're going to look at how to renew our mind. How to consistently feel on God's word. How to change our diet. There's this saying that says, when you're in Rome, you behave like a Roman. <laughs> when you're in New York, you behave like a New Yorker. There's this saying like that, you know. So, we are light, right? We are born again, born of the Spirit. We've been cleansed, right? We've been washed, right? We can't live like children of darkness anymore, right? We can't live like men who don't know the word anymore, right? We can't, we can't, you know, 
So when you see Christians who tell you, I'm a Christian but I'm transgender, what is going on? Egypt. Are you seeing, the, are you seeing what's happening? That's what is going on. But they, I'm a Christian but I still smoke. What's going on? They are still living like in Egypt. I'm a Christian but I can still just do whatever I want. What's going on? Egypt's narrative is at the back. So it's like saying they came out of it, but it never came out of them. <laughs> so we've got to renew our mind. I, I trust God that this series will open us up and our minds will be flooded again with light so much. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands, just bless the name of the Lord. Thank Him for His word where you are. Thank Him. Bless Him. Bless Him. Bless Him. Thank Him for His word. Keep renewing our mind all the days of our lives. Bless him. Thank him for his word. Thank him. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Let your hands thank him. Bless him. Wherever you sit there, just thank him. Bless him. Oh, we bless you, Jesus, for your word this evening. We thank you. We give you the praise. We honor you. Thank you because we are light. We are children of light. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord.